listening to the really useful podcast, the Tech Podcast for Technophobes from MakeUseOf.com. And uh, we're here to talk to you about the latest news that matters, some recommendations, and to give you some tips and tricks on how to make the best use out of your computer, the internet, your mobile phones, and any other tech that you might have lying around. And Stegner, how are you? I'm doing good, Christian. It's our uh, my first podcast of the new year, so it's good to be here. And uh, yeah, excited to jump in. First, we have the news, and I, f- I think a few of us that make use of have had a look at this. This is the Moft Z foldable standing desk. It's a Kickstarter campaign that's launched, and uh, most of the time we would more or less overlook, if not ignore, Kickstarter campaigns. But the Moft Z might be Moft Z because obviously I'm not American. Uh, it's a foldable laptop stand that also works as a double, um, as a standing desk. So it's got a double purpose. It looks really, really useful. Um, I really fun. I'm, I'm sorely tempted to be honest with you, because you normally laptop stands they're a bit flimsy uh, or they're overly bulky, and then standing desks, you know, those things are huge. But this, this is foldable. Yeah, I think I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not certain if it's the same, but when we were uh, at CES and some of the other trips we had, um, Tina had one of these foldable stands, not the standing desk one, but it was just a small stand that fully compacts, so you don't even know it's on the bottom of your laptop, and then when you expand it, you're on your laptop at a table or whatever, but it's more like, it's a more usable angle. So to have that combined with the standing desk aspect is pretty, pretty slick. I mean, anything that makes what you have in this case a laptop more versatile is pretty nice and that yeah, and it yeah. says it's 50 bucks for the early bird price i mean if you work on a laptop at all often i think that's definitely worth it because i mean i mean yeah. standing desks are hundreds of dollars yeah absolutely i mean i i do stand to do a bit of work quite often if i go to my local coffee bar um i'll stand at the bar overlooking, oh, okay. overlooking the window and watch people I can sit down, obviously, but I can stand up as well. And it you know, changes the posture, gets you moving around as well, because when you're sat typing a lot, then there isn't a lot of exercise being done, is there? Right. So uh, something like this, I think, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, considering. And, you know, it's a Kickstarter. It looks like an achievable Kickstarter as well, which I think is why we've uh, featured it on makeuseof.com. Uh, so uh, follow the link in the show notes to find out more about the Moth invisible laptop stand and standing desk. Claims to be invisible. Obviously, you can see it. It's not like it's not like Harry Potter's <laughs> totally. cloak or anything like that. <laughs> and uh, another news item which uh, may be of interest to you is that Redbox has launched a new streaming service called Free Live TV, which pretty it's a much- very very nice name. That's yeah. I wonder what it, what does, it does. What it says. <laughs> Actually, catch these mice for you. Uh, no, obviously it uh, gives you free live TV. Uh, there are a number of growing television subscription services, and our Redbox are going against against the direction of travel, possibly to hoover up people that have been left behind, and uh, you can just watch 
free live TV on Redbox uh, via the website or mobile apps. Uh, now, I'm not familiar with Redbox, so I understand this is a rental service. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I haven't used everything it offers, but um, to my knowledge, it started out as like a kiosk that appears at like grocery stores and drug stores and stuff like that, where it has a, a selection of new and older movies, and it's like a dollar a night. It might have gone up, but it was a dollar a night when it started, so the idea is, you know, you rent the movie on your way home, and then you watch it. Maybe you the next day or two days later, whenever you're ready to return it, you just return it and then you pay a dollar or two dollars or however long you had it. Now they do have on demand streaming as well, just like a Netflix or something, but they're kind of going in this different direction. I think it's interesting because, um, as the article talks about some, a lot of the stuff here isn't like super big TV. It's like family feud and, um, other thing that's not like amazing, shows like america's funniest home videos but i funnily enough i have a samsung smart tv and i realized like a year after i bought it that it actually has like a free tv app that's kind of like this where it just has like i don't know 20 channels and it's not really anything you really want to watch there's a whole channel just about like the world series of poker but it's a weird like it's just it's there if you just want something to watch and like you want to fall asleep to it or have it on in the background or something there's definitely a use for it, even if it's not like the best TV ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was um, interestingly enough, I I host another podcast which is um, primarily focuses on a particular TV show, Doctor Who, called the Podcast with a K uh, at Casturbus.co.uk. But because of the state of TV at the moment, particularly in the UK, with um, questions over the BBC's longevity as a, as a kind of uh, compulsory payment service right as it were as, as it is and with the threat of netflix and hulu and disney and amazon prime video we've been discussing just today um about how the kind of the very cheap end of tv satellite channels that broadcast nothing but tea, um cookery shows for instance they're they're basically you know they're they're redundant because there's so many websites, YouTube channels, and now there's a remarkable collection of cheap cookery shows on Amazon, which you or I could have produced, and yet they're there on Amazon Prime Video, which means I, for me, I think satellite and cable channels that are dedicated to those topics. They're they're just gonna go, and they're probably gonna end up if they survive in apps like this. Because they're just, yeah, I, I think there's, like what you're saying is like there's a divide between, you know, if you're not paying, what do you expect for free? Like that yeah. type of stuff, just like, like low, divide. not super yeah, yeah. high quality. Yeah. And then if you're paying, you expect Netflix or Disney Plus or that level Absolutely. of quality. Yeah. So I think it's, I mean, you know, some people just, I mean, I can see if you just don't want to pay for TV, you don't want to pay for any subscription, you just, whatever's on, you'll watch it. You know, two different camps of people, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Well, then again, you could just go and do something else entirely. Or read a book. Uh, so, yeah, so that's Redbox. So you can get the app or you can watch it on the Redbox website. So, yeah, it's um, straightforward. It's TV. I remember a few years ago I was uh, for a completely different website. I'm sure how long ago it was. I was given a key to review. Hey, this shows you how long ago it was as well because it was a Windows Mobile 6 application which is before windows phone and it was a real i can't remember what it was called it was an it was basically an iptv tool and uh so it streams through the internet 
to your phone. The quality of it was absolutely outstanding. It was the best IPTV tool I had seen at that, at that point. It was really good. And uh, to see how things are kind of coming full circle and moving back into bundling all these channels into one app is uh, quite intriguing. We'll move on now to some recommendations. And uh, I, possibly, I almost alluded to this earlier, actually, just a few moments ago. I do quite a bit of cooking. I find it a really an easy way to unwind and just focus on things that aren't computers, isn't technology, isn't mobile apps, isn't VPNs, isn't security software or whatever. And I discovered a site when I was looking for a recipe for some uh, lamb. It's actually lamb. We, we bought some lamb breast, which is the lamb equivalent of pork belly. So it's, okay. it's, it's strips of meat and fat and meat and fat, very thin. And it was good quality stuff that needed to be used that day. So I froze it, put it away, found a recipe. And I found this recipe on a website called Theo Cooks, theocooks.com. And he's made a few TV appearances, Theo Michaels. And they're just, it's such a, a nicely organized and laid out and organized collection of recipes, beautifully shot dishes. And it's called Recipe Inspiration for Hungry People. And it, it's, it's just perfect, nice, light, easy to use recipe site. And if you're interested in cooking, this is a really good place to find some interesting, easy, but you know, really tasty recipes. And, you know, it's perfectly geared for mobile and tablet use as well. What I've started doing is I've got a little uh, little tablet stand, load up the recipe, take my tablet out of the kitchen, work through the recipe, maybe a bit of music on at the same time. And, you know, one meal later and I'm ready to face the world again. <laughs> or, or kick back on the sofa and watch some TV. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's my recommendation, theocooks.com. If you're a foodie, check that out. Uh, ben, what have you got? So mine's a little bit different. I found a site a couple weeks ago when I was looking to see if a deal on a Nintendo Switch game was actually a deal. And I found a site called Deku Deals. That's D-E-K-U Deals. Um, and it is a basically a whole site devoted to uh, Nintendo Switch game sales. So... Okay. Um, Basically, it's kind of like if you've used Camel, Camel, Camel and tools like that for Amazon that lets you see um, if, if the current price is the lowest price ever and how the price has trended over the last six months or whatever. It's kind of like that for Switch games. So it tracks both uh, physical releases and digital games. So you could see if it's cheaper at Walmart or something uh, physically as well as just on the eShop. Uh, and it's actually really handy because when you go to a games page, you get all kinds of information about it. So you can see the sticker price. You can see when it was released, uh, how big the game is, how long it takes to beat, uh, what it's rated in different countries and all that. So um, it's definitely a handy resource overall just for Switch games. But the best part, of course, is the price. Um, so when I'm, I'm looking at a game right here, you can see what it costs on the digital eShop, um, when that sale ends, um, if that's the best price or if it matches the best price or whatever. And then you can also see what it costs at other sites. So um if you're ever interested in looking at a Switch game, you don't want to pay full price for it, check it out here. You can also add um, the game to your wish list, and then they'll email you when it goes on sale. So it's a super great way to keep an eye out for games without having to check it every day yourself. Cool. Excellent. That sounds great. So that's uh, DekuDeals.com. That's right. DekuDeals. D-E-K-U. Yeah. That will be in the show notes as well. Now, I noticed we've uh, got some new subscribers to the really useful podcast over the past few days. 
Uh, last week's show was a little bit of an unusual show where we focused purely on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. We occasionally do one-off focused topic shows, but usually we're, we're talking about more topical stuff and more interesting tips and tricks. But uh, I fully expect that we will be doing another single topic show in the next month or so. So stay tuned for that if that is what you're here for. In the meantime, it's tips and tricks. I'm going to go first with tips to optimize Wi-Fi reception in your home. Now, there are so many ways you can actually do this because there are so many different ways that houses are designed, homes are designed, flats designed, whatever. You might not even be looking for it for your home. You might be looking for tips for your workplace or whatever, which, again, could be one of any almost infinite number of designs. So there are some rules that I'm going to go through rather than to go into any specific detail. The things that are going to get in the way of a strong wireless signal are concrete walls, steel supports, lead-lined tiles, and lead paints, a home or building with an L-shaped structure and expansion into non-standard rooms. For instance, it's unlikely you're going to be able to get much of a signal in your basement if your router is on the first floor, etc. Now, there are things you can do. Mesh Wi-Fi systems, or I've used, and it, it did the job, uh, you know, straightforward TP-Link uh, Wi-Fi over the electricity network, not Wi-Fi, big pardon, Ethernet over electricity network. Yeah, yeah. So, use, yeah, uh, which also works. But um, I think Mesh is probably the best option these days uh, creates a signal network between three or more devices. Now, there are five vital Wi-Fi router positioning tips before you even get anywhere near putting mesh or repeaters in other rooms and ensure the position of your router is not compromised by impenetrable walls, devices that emit interference such as microwaves or cordless phones, actually domestic cordless radio phone, that type, thick floors and ceilings. You should stay clear of positioning it near a large window because you're basically going to lose half your signal outdoors and if possible add height to the placement of your router now this whole set of rules is expanded upon in more detail in the main article wireless feng shui how to optimize wi-fi reception in your house so i would urge you to uh, check the show notes and head over to the main article and work through that plan it's never going to be straightforward and repeaters and Devices like the mesh and the Ethernet over electric cable solutions, they're probably your best options with difficult situations. But you start off by maximizing the possibilities for your router with optimum positioning. So, something else, if I can add to that too. Yeah, sure. Uh, I've had a couple, so um, I've had a couple like friends and, and people ask me about tips for positioning their router because they had the same problem where they were paying for a pretty good speed uh, and they felt like the router was in a good spot and it just wasn't broadcasting what they thought it should be. So in addition to all these tips, which are really important, I think also thinking about your router itself is important too. If you have a cheap $20 router from five years ago, it's probably could be a bottleneck on your network. Um, I have some friends who had that, they had like a cheap router and they upgraded to just one of the Google mesh Wi-Fi router. So it wasn't even that their house is so big that they need mesh Wi-Fi, but they just got one of them and their Mm -hmm. speed was it went from almost 10 times up, like to, it, wow. they were getting what they were paying for, right? You know, yeah. instead of they were getting like 20 down, they went to like 200. Um, 
So consider that too. Sometimes it's not just the placement. It could be the actual router that's actual, that's causing yeah. an issue. And mesh mesh routers like Google's mesh Wi-Fi are really good. Even if you only have one of them, they they might be more powerful than what you're using. Excellent. Yeah, good tip, yeah. good tip. Okay, we'll move on to uh, how to legally download movies for free to watch them offline. Now, the interesting thing about this is that everyone has the tools to do this, and yet hardly anyone seems to know that you can do it. Yeah, it seems, yeah, I agree. It's, I, especially with people worried about data usage, it seems strange that people don't think to download movies before they go on a plane trip or something like that. Yeah, totally, totally. Now, this is a feature that is available in Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, uh, the TED Talks app, Google Play, YouTube Premium, Vimeo, you know, pretty much all of the big video streaming services enable this. It certainly is, I've used it on Amazon Prime going back a few years now uh, when my children had the dreaded Fire tablets. Uh, they... <laughs> With, with with this tiny tiny amount of space, it's um yeah it, it was commonplace for us to download the videos in as low quality as possible in data saver mode before we headed off on any trips or anything. We you know download TV shows. I think I in I bought an entire series of the Lego Freemaker Adventures for my son so he could watch them on a trip. Oh, okay. good good show. That's a good show. It's, I'd recommend it. And so, yeah, Amazon Prime is just one example. That all of these tools have a setting for downloading to your device. Now, you're not going to be able to copy it off the device. It's going to be DRM issues. You're not going to be able to. It's not, you know, it's not, hey, hey I'm going to get something for free. I can pass it on to someone, whatever. That's not what it's for. It's for you to save data by downloading of your Wi-Fi and watching it later on. Uh, do you often use that feature, Ben? Mm, not super often. I don't. I don't really use Netflix or any major video services. And if I did, I probably wouldn't watch on my phone too much. The one thing I do is that when I take a flight, I usually subscribe to YouTube Premium for a month, and then I download some videos that I've been wanting to watch on my flight. Right. I find that's a good way to pass the time. And I don't know about you, but like I, I add so many videos to my watch later list on YouTube that I just I have so many I'm never going to ever get through them. So I I figure that's a good way to both pass the time and kind of knock that list out a little bit. So I do that but I not I don't watch whole movies on my phone by downloading them now. I'm just double checking. There's certain thing if you're in the UK there are certain things that you can download on the BBC iPlayer as well. It's most of it you can download to your device and watch it. There's a few things that you can't. Head over to the article via the show notes, how to legally download movies for free to watch offline to find the actual detailed steps on how to do it on all of those services. Amazon, apart from BBC iPlayer, you basically just check. On BBC iPlayer app, you just click the um, the video you want to watch, TV show, whatever, and then go to the download option. I mean, it's roughly the same for all the services. It's just the download option is going to be in a slightly different place depending on on which tool, Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, TED Talks, YouTube, Google Play, whatever you're using. Do you use Google Play Movies? Do you, do you, do you buy stuff on Google Play Movies and TV? I have here and there. I don't typically buy buy movies digitally, but I've rented them. Like sometimes right. I'll get an email promo that you can rent any movie for a dollar or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, and my TV has the 
Google Play Movies and TV app. So I'll I'll, I'll do that if I want to watch a movie once I rent it from there. But I don't I don't think I've ever watched a full movie on my phone. I remember like no. when I was younger, I had a Zoom. Go ahead, you can laugh at that if you want. But I had a Zoom when I was younger, and I remember like I had some movies on it. And it was like this is so cool. I can watch movies anywhere. But I didn't end up really using them because I guess I was never really on trips for long enough that I wanted to, that that I would need to watch a full movie. But yeah, I do I do like it because it's just I can on my phone. Oh, I want to watch that, rent it, and then it's on my TV. I do like that. Yeah, I've got a small number of films on Google Play that I probably bought while they're on offer or when they first came out because I was desperate to see them and miss them at the cinema. That's the case with Bohemian Rhapsody. And some that I bought with Google Play rewards credit. Yeah, I have that too. So that's kind of my rolling. Like I don't I yeah. don't rent them very often. So when I do rent them, it's usually covered by my rewards yeah. credit. But uh, yeah, I found you can play them in the YouTube app on some tools such as like on xbox i can stick on what i've bought through the youtube app because in my library yeah if you go to purchases anything yeah. you bought from from google play movies is on youtube which is nice if YouTube, you yeah. if your tv has youtube but it doesn't have google play movies yeah totally yeah so that's uh, so that's that's how we do that download those movies and save your data we'll move on there's a fair chance that one of you listening is still using windows 7 isn't there ben yeah, probably. There's about at uh, least one of you. Yeah, yeah. So Windows Seven uh, officially ended about a month ago. It was on January fourteenth, uh, I believe. Um, so after that, Windows Seven is no longer supported. So we've probably talked about Windows XP before, um, to where you know Microsoft decides a date and they say after this date we're not publishing any patches anymore. So you're on your own if something happens. So. Um, I went through and looked at basically your 10 options. Now, some of them are kind of similar, but um, the 10 paths you have to decide what you want to do if you're currently on Windows 7. So we'll go through those really quickly. Um, Your first option and probably the best one for most people, if you want to stay on Windows, is to buy a new computer with Windows 10 already on it. Um, If you go to a store and buy a laptop or a desktop, chances are it's going to have Windows 10, then you've got a new computer with Windows 10 on it. Um, you can also build your own computer if that's something you'd like to do. Um, that's a good option for enthusiasts, but certainly not necessary. Um, you might be able to install Windows 10 on your current machine, but if you've had it for a long time, it might not run Windows 10 very well, and that's not a fun experience. So if you, know, if you, if you, got, if you bought your PC when Windows 7 was new, you're, it's not going to run Windows 10 very well. So that's an option, but probably not a big one for most people. Um, some of the other big ones, you can get a Chromebook or a MacBook. Uh, if you want to switch platforms, you can, a Chromebook is a great option. If you don't want windows or you, you're sick of windows, um, it has automatic updates, built in virus protection and all that. So those are handy. Um, of course a Mac is great, but it's a lot of money. So if you've always been tempted by a Mac, it could be a good time, but, um, could be a lot of money if you're used to windows. And of course you can always give Linux a try too. You can install many flavors of Linux on your current computer. Chances are there's one that'll work just fine. Um, or you could buy a a new computer a dedicated computer and, and put Linux on that. Um, you can also, you might, you might be surprised to know that Microsoft has a system where you can actually pay for more Windows 7 updates, but that's for enterprise users, so it's not something that a normal person will want to do. So overall, we just definitely recommend that you get off Windows 7 as soon as possible. Um, it's only a matter of time before the first big security problem happens, and then everyone using Windows 7 will be vulnerable. And of course, software is going to stop working for it too. Eventually, Chrome and Dropbox and Spotify and every other app will 
drop support for Windows 7 as it gets older. The security aspect of this is is kind of key, isn't it? Because operating systems that are no longer patched are security risk. They're vulnerable to threats. They're vulnerable to um, being exploited, zero-day exploits, longer-term exploits, because they're not going to get patched. So those... and. You know, you might think that, oh, it doesn't matter, I'm running security software. But that security software is only as good to some degree as the operating system that it's installed upon. If, if basically, if the operating system isn't up to scratch, then the security software cannot operate to its full capabilities. You're at risk. So you do need to get off Windows 7 as soon as is practical. We're going to move on to some giveaways that are currently running at Make Use Of. The first one is the 4K UHD dashcam, the Vava, that I mentioned in an earlier really useful podcast when the review wasn't quite ready. It's now live. There's a video accompanying it. And it's a great dashcam that doesn't have a display. It uh, syncs over local Wi-Fi to an Android or iPhone app where you can check stuff. You can download video clips, share them with your insurers or even i don't know i know there are people who put dash cam footage on youtube as well so yeah you, that might be your thing uh, but it's all controlled via the phone and so you're not interacting with your phone while you're driving it also comes with a handy key fob button so if there's an incident you press the button and the incident over the past few seconds is recorded and then you can check it out in the priority folder later on good piece of kit i was uh, seriously impressed and i think i gave it quite a high rating probably uh, nine out of ten so i very rarely go for tens and there's also a very interesting little gadget which i like to try myself called the xp pen note plus which was reviewed by uh, james bruce it's a magical paper notepad that scans everything that you write as you're writing it which is really, really cool. Basically, the device automatically powers on and open and begins recording your pen strokes. So that's it. It's a you put your paper on top of it, start writing, and it records everything that you do with the synced pen. It's a really cool piece of kit. There's both giveaways that currently really I'll make use of. Check the links in the show notes for your entry options, and uh, good luck with those. Fancy either of those, Ben? Um, I have a dash cam myself. It's not 4K. Um, mine, mine. I forget how much I paid for it. It does have a screen, but it doesn't have Wi-Fi, so you have to take the card out to manage it. Sure. Um, I, I, I wasn't super expensive, and I remember seeing it. It was like one of the best budget ones because I, I just figured I'd keep it as a you know security measure, like you said. I wasn't looking to record footage for YouTube or anything. And then that pen. I'm not a big handwriting person. My writing is not that great, and I. Mm-hmm. When I if if I'm trying to take notes quickly, I'd rather type than write because if I write, mm. it's not going to be very easy to read. So I think that's a cool thing. I had a professor in college that had I don't know if it was this brand, but something similar. But for me, I I don't handwrite too much these days. Yeah, I use a stylus on my Samsung tablet, which uh, which is now working by the way, and it has a nice uh, feature called screen off. So while the screen's off, I can pull the pen out, hold the button, tap the screen twice, and then I can just take notes while the screen is off. The screen's oh, okay. not actually off because you can see where I'm writing. You can, so you can see that. But it's, on a, it's white on a black background. It's really useful. And I take a lot of notes like that or put, do journaling. And, yeah, it's, it's a really useful uh, 
things. I do use handwriting a lot. I'm not too keen on handwriting to text because that very rarely works well for me, to be honest with you, with my handwriting. But I do find that my handwriting is difficult to read. And I don't mind that because that means that no one's going to be reading it. It's a, you know, it's a level of privacy. Yeah, that is true. It's like a little, very light encryption on your own. Uh, yeah, so totally, you yeah. can read it. Then, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't think. I mean, I've seen people with worse handwriting than mine. Mine's certainly not. I mean, you wouldn't hire me to do calligraphy or anything like that. So I've seen worse than mine, but it's not. It's not that pretty, and especially not when I'm hurrying yeah. to write. And and it's not. I mean, it's not like high school where I would write more often, and I was. So even though my handwriting's not great. I did it often enough that I was kind of in practice. Now I don't write that much. And so when I do write, it's not great unless I'm really focusing. Yeah, same, same here, same here. So uh, great giveaways, great tips and tricks. We've given you some recommendations and we've kept you up to date with, with the latest tech news. It actually matters. So we're not talking about, you know, supercomputers with teraflops. We're talking about new things that you can actually get involved with and use, entertain yourself, maybe make your life a little bit easier that is the really useful podcast that's what it's all about we'll be back for a new show next week i'm christian corley that's ben stegner and from both of us it's goodbye <laughs>